Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker. I'm the Senior Wealth Advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group, and I'm also the founder of the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And it has just been, we're winding up towards the end of the year, and this is the time of the year right after Thanksgiving when I actually started doing Money Sense almost 34 years ago. So it's been a really long time, and it's always a, a I think it's very important to be thankful, and I'm thankful for um, my listeners. I'm thankful for my clients who were my listeners and now are my clients and listeners. I'm thankful for the wonderful guests that I've been able to have all these years. And I'm also thankful that we've never, you know, my commitment in the very beginning was to never sell products on the air, but to provide education so that people could make really good decisions about their financial life. And so it's not just about their money, but all the other things that touch our lives. And certainly one of the things that we're going to talk about today is our homes. Very often a house is the the biggest investment that individuals have. Not only at the very beginning when they're buying and excited about buying that very first house for the first time, but also as we age and we're thinking about selling our house, all of a sudden now our house becomes part of our investment package. It becomes part of our lifestyle. And so today we're really going to talk about the ins and outs and the ups and the downs about real estate because it really feels like it's been a roller coaster ride right along with the stock market right now. It's just uh, been a little bit confusing. And my grandson, Joe, um, has actually put an offer in on three, four houses, and he hasn't he hasn't gotten the house because the prices that they went for were so much higher than what they were even asking. And for him, he was so disappointed. And I thought, you know, maybe it's time that we just talk about that on the air because if he's disappointed and other people are wondering and I'm wondering about the market, um, I think it's a good time to share the information that we have. I have two guests today, and they are with the Lake Country Keller, Keller Williams, and it's the Chrissy Klasky team, Chrissy Weber, and her teammate, Christy Klasky. And Christy, I know you started the, this team membership, and so how did, that, how did that begin, and why is it so important to have a team together? It's great to be part of a team just because you have got more than one person, more than what you know, I had in the game to think about what's going on in the market and um, you can work together with each other. Um, the Klasky Realty team started back in January of 2021 out of Keller Williams in Lake Country and um, we've been kind of growing ever since and um, Christy joined on the team and she's been a great um, partner, part of our team, um, just to kind of help. Um, you know, we kind of cover all Lake Country... Co- southeastern Wisconsin everywhere we we're not just limited to one area but we go all over and just we're here to help educate buyers along the way because they don't do this every day it's something we do every day and there's so many different terminologies and different things that they may not know so we like to educate them as as we go through the process so that nothing is necessarily new or we can answer their questions before they even have them. Well Christy I know you and I were together with my son John when yes. he bought the house and for him, that was a really, it was a big purchase and a little bit scary because he was moving 
really out in the country. Yes, <laughs> I love you know, that location and house. It was so cute. A little bit different, but I know that you helped him walk through that market. What is going on with the real estate now? As I said, Joe lost a couple houses bidding yeah. on them, and he was even over the asking price. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, it, and it seemed like it the market was getting soft a little bit. And I mean, what's really happening? Yeah, I know this last two years has really been, you know, like you said before, it's been a roller coaster. And it really also depends on like what price point you're coming in at. The market can look very, very different if you're buying at 250000 versus you're buying at 500000 right? The buyer pool is just completely different. My, my heart goes out most to the first time home buyers because that is our largest pool of buyers right now they're competing with the most amount of people and people are going places what they never really were going before covid as far as leaving out things like home inspections and appraisals and you know they're kind of going places with their offer that we weren't seeing before and so they're they can even compete in ways that aren't necessarily monetary and sometimes for some sellers it's not you know money is king yes but sometimes those, some of those contingencies that are in an offer that you might not know about someone else's writing, that might be the most important thing to that seller. So that's that's the most difficult thing when you're coming in. You know you're going to be competing against a number of other offers, and it's blind. It's it's you know it's a blind process. You really don't know what those other offers are going to going to look like. So we always, when I talk to a buyer and I know it's going to be a really hot competition for a house, I always say, you know, highest and best and just come in at a point where if I call you and I say they got it for 5000 more than your offer, you're not going to feel that gut punch of, oh, but I would have went there, right? You go to where the highest point where you feel like if I if you come back, Christy, and you tell me they got the house for five thousand, ten thousand more, I'm going to be like, you know what? God bless them; they can have it. I just wasn't comfortable at that number, and that's usually the way I'm talking to buyers when I know that the competition is going to be really stiff. Isn't there a process that a uh, seller or, or buyer can say, "I'll go up five thousand dollars more than the highest bid"? Or yes. I mean, that doesn't seem very fair. Well, that's called. <laughs> That's an escalator clause, and um, we definitely, you can write that in, saying like, okay, here, my offer is for 285000 but I'll go up to, you know, I'll match any offer up to 300000 Our experience with sellers is that sellers don't really like that very much. Some sellers are, don't like that very much. They feel like, hey, wait a minute, you're willing to spend $300,000 to buy my house, but you don't want to give me that. You don't want to offer that. You just want it, you know, you're just willing to go there, but you're not willing to. So sitting with some sellers let's say somebody comes in at 285 with an escalator up to 300 but someone else came in at 295 seller might be like you know what i'm just going to take 295 because they were the most you know some sellers feel that way some sellers it doesn't bother them at all so it's it's really just a educational you know conversation with that buyer saying like look the, these are the possible outcomes of having something like an escalator clause you know some sellers might be bothered by it you know some might not and just let give the buyer the most information let the buyer make the decision you know where where they're most comfortable can you still write letters to with your um you know the offer that you're giving to someone why you want that house and why that house means and does that mean anything yes in the state of wisconsin we still can i don't know how long we're going to be able to continue to do that there are states in the united states that no longer allow them 
And we always caution buyers, you have to be very careful about the information that you're sharing. Um, obviously, you don't want to share anything about your race or your, you know, necessarily your marital status or even your, you know, it, it's just a very kind of mucky gray area where we, we usually counsel buyers, tell them why you love the house. Like, that's the most important part of those letters, not, you know, your, your current financial situation or anything like that. It's, it's more like, why did you fall in love with that house? And, and those still are allowed in the state of Wisconsin. And I've had buyers that I feel like, and you never really know what was the reason. You know, sometimes a, a selling agent or a listing agent will tell you, okay, they, you know, your offer really came on top because of X, Y, or Z. But I feel like they have played a role in several of the transactions I've had in the last couple of years. So this market, as we said, it's been a roller coaster. How do people approach you know, the whole concept of I, I want to put my house up on the market because it's such a great time to sell, but I've got to buy something too, and I've got to find something to sell, which then it would be up as, as well. Right, you know. and there's a number of options, and that's a really good time to get why you really want to loop a lender into the conversation early in the game because they're going to be able to lay out for that particular, you know, perspective seller and buyer, what are your that particular person's options? Because there are bridge loans and there are other things that you can do to pull equity out of your home so that you can go ahead and buy your home before needing to sell yours. I think that's the most comfortable way in this market if you have something to sell in order to, you know, not have that stress of, okay, my house just, you know, we just got an accepted offer. I have 60 days to go run out there and find a house. Um, you know, if you're able to pull the equity that you have right now, make that purchase and then reimburse yourself, you know, two, three months down the road when your house sells, you know, that's the least bumpy, less stressful way to do it. But it's just determinant on that particular seller's situation, if they're able to do that or not. Otherwise, it is that it's, you know, you are probably selling your house and you're probably putting it out there. Hey, buyers, you know, I really could use some po post-closing you know, occupancy on my part, you know, if you could give me some post-closing occupancy so that I have that little bit of extra wiggle time to go ahead and make the, my next purchase, that's definitely something you can put out there as a seller that like I'm still looking for, you know, I'm looking to secure housing for myself. You know, maybe I need that 30-day post-closing occupancy to give me the time to do that. Well, it's such a crazy time because as well as the whole cost thing that goes into it, as you said earlier, there are people who are just saying, I don't even need to have the house, I'll buy it as is, I don't need the inspections. And for a young person buying and recognizing that they don't have a lot of cash, I mean, they can't afford to have a lot of things not work or basements or, you know, things like that. So. It is, you said it earlier, you feel bad for the first home buyers. It is a tough time. It is. That's the group of people really that my heart goes out to the most because at least if you have something to sell, you're benefiting, you know, from the increase in prices. You're getting more for your home. But a first time home buyer that's been a renter up until now, they're coming in at this high, you know, at this higher market and they just don't have that big, they're not sitting on a big pile of equity. But most people who are selling homes that are in that first-time homebuyer bracket, you know, you're competing with similar people unless you're competing against an investor. And sometimes some of the homes that have gotten, you know, swept out out of some of my first-time homebuyer's feet have been somebody that can sweep in and, you know, make a cash offer on this $220,000 home. 
And like as much as that seller, you know, Hart probably wants, you know, maybe wants a new family in there or something like that the safest bet for them is going to be this cash transaction, you know? So, but I've also seen, I had one situation this year where they did, that seller did have, you know, cash offers in hand and ended up going with my buyer because it was a family home. They had all grown up there. It was a situation where mom was moving on and they really, they didn't want it to be an investor. They wanted somebody that was going to start their family there and, you know, so sometimes that's when those kind of love letters can come into play. If you're, if they are selling a family home, they've lived in a really long time, those kind of things do start to matter and can even, you know, go put your bid in the win against even a cash buyer. My guest today is Christy Weber. And as I said earlier, she sold my son a home out in Summit, and he absolutely loves it. It's a beautiful area. Didn't tell you, though, but a deer hit his car the other day. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> that is a that know, is a, a risk factor of being that in the, That's why, you know, they kind of joke about it. You know, you, if you're from <laughs> Wisconsin and you care about somebody leaving your house, you're always like, watch for deer now. Watch for the deer. <laughs> and he said, I'm watching, and he said the deer came sideways. Up from nowhere. Oh, yeah, they hit you Got in right Wisconsin. Yeah. So, anyways, that was crazy. And my other guest is Chrissy Klasky, and it's the... Klasky Realty Team, and with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. We're talking about homes today, and one of the things that has been is so important when, as a financial advisor, when I work with clients, we always ask, well, you know, what is the value of your house, and what is the mortgage that you still owe on it, and what is the interest rate? And from a financial perspective, we're looking at that because down the road, when you get into retirement, very often homes are paid off. Um, and sometimes not, but very often we look at the value of that home and we think, well, is that part of their investment portfolio that they can actually spend? Or is that going to be part that they might use as a down payment into a retirement community? You know, so we're looking at that long, you know, view of, of what does this financial investment actually mean? And most people, you know, they realize that it's part of their financial portfolio. But for most people, their home is just where they live and they put their head down on their pillow. And it's their safety net. Mm -hmm. It's their absolute safety net. And so when I'm talking to clients, and very often my clients are looking at downsizing. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at where am I going to live? I'm maybe not ready to go into a retirement community yet, but I, this is too big. Or, you know, we raised our family here. When someone is thinking about going out and purchasing a house for whatever reason, if the market is moving this quickly and if things are really hot, how do they prepare themselves emotionally to what do they want so that they can make that decision? Sounds like you've got to make a decision very quickly. Yes, especially if you're looking at the market of like five years ago compared to, you know, five, ten years ago compared to today. It seems so if you have not bought in the last couple of years, it seems so unreasonable to so many people that I'm saying, like, you may only be able to see this house once. And it does seem unreasonable to people like I'm making the this biggest purchase that I ever make. And you're going to you're telling me I have to make it on a 30 minute, you know, <laughs> viewing of this home. <laughs> and and that, you know, I think partnering with a really good agent that is going to sit you down as soon as you, we have that first contact and I'm aware, OK, you're a buyer in this market and I'm going to be saying to you, OK, 
to emotionally prepare you, we're going to see a lot of homes. You may write, uh, just get it in your mind, you're going to write on five, five to 10 houses. And it's probably not going to be the first one that's going to get accepted. And just get in the mindset of of knowing that that's probably going to be the case. And hallelujah, if it happens that you write on the first one and you get accepted, wonderful. But if you kind of prepare yourself that, okay, this is a game that I'm going to have to be writing on a, 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 new, a number of homes, that really helps to change your mindset and gets you more prepared so that you're not so devastated when you do get those no's and you don't quit. Because I do see that a lot where buyers will get so disheartened and I get it, I get it. But I also feel like the right house is out there for you. And if you have, you know, let's say five to eight things that are non-negotiables, I need three bedrooms, right? I need an attached garage. And if you get those in your mind, these are the things I absolutely need. The other thing you need to know is no house is going to have every one of them. There's always going to be something about every house that you might even want to write on that you're like I love it but it mm. so as long as it meets your non-negotiables it's going to be considered right and you know then that really seeing the most number of houses you can that's the other thing I tell buyers if you look at it online and you're like "Mm, I don't know let's see it because I have seen this so many times with buyers where the first couple homes they see, they're always like, "Uh, I don't know, Uh, I don't know. But once they've got 10, 15 showings under their belt, they start to get a really good intuitive idea of like right away, like, oh yeah, this is definitely gonna work for me or no, no hard pass. And the more homes you see, the easier that yes is going to be for you to make. And so I think knowing that you might be writing on more than one home and knowing that you might get a no and that's okay because your house is still out there seeing as many homes as you possibly can even if you're not 100 percent sure that you want to see it and really knowing what your non-negotiables are and getting them down to a manageable number and being open to considering homes that have your non-negotiables but might have other things about them that you might need to change you know going forward are there as many homes out there that are the fixer-upper houses? I mean, so often people think, well, I just, I'm going to get a start with my, get my feet on the ground and get a fixer-upper house. And again, you know, that's, I have did that. Right. <laughs> I can right. think of three, I did that. That was how I built up my value in my homes was by um, buying houses and fixing them up and living in them and then finding another one and doing that. Right. But it just seems now with the market so um, unpredictable and people to me when I've talked to people people seem to want to go in and everything's all fixed up already well, and it's you know and it's new and and new countertops and you know I was just talking to someone she said I really like the, the layout and everything but oh my gosh I'd have to do so much I didn't like the countertops I did I'm thinking oh my gosh buy that house and you know do that because right. it's so hard to find everything that's just perfect. Right. And I think that's definitely like a a generational thing that I see as well, where I feel like a lot of younger buyers, um, you know, I can look at a bare, we can go look at a bare bones house that is not very fancy, but has a new roof. And, you know, they did all the windows and the mechanicals are all new. And it's really hard for that first time home buyer to see potential. They've never done this before, you know, and a lot of young people, some young people don't have The skill set, you know, I think that maybe some of older generations had as far as, you know, fixing things and doing, you know, teaching yourself things 
along the way that they just and they also don't have the capital that's another big obstacle a first-time homebuyer is like okay christy like it's got a brand new roof but i'm going to get in here and i'm i don't have any extra money i can't put any money into this house because i need it you know need it all for that new mortgage payment and so that is an obstacle for for first-time home buyers i think there is groups of them that i've worked with that are very handy and like ready to put elbow grease into into a home there's also a lot of investors that are coming in and flipping these homes you know and they're they're kind of taking pulling those homes out of the market where they i just don't think they're at least where i work that used to be as prevalent as it is mm-hmm. now but i think one of the concerns for those first time home buyers is just being you know cash poor and not having the the cash to really update the home you know at, at the speed that they would want it done um, you know, but I always try to push the idea of, you know, those big ticket items as a first time home buyer, you don't realize how much a roof costs, <laughs> what it costs if you don't have a home inspection and there's something wrong with the foundation. Just really educating first time home buyers on like, hey, look, I know that this has 70s, you know, linoleum tile and like the countertops aren't fancy. But if you could live in this home for a little bit, it has all of these high ticket items that have already been done for you and just really kind of making them more comfortable with that situation. It seems like so many, so many of us are impatient. Yes, I'm impatient. (laughs) I know. You know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to wait, but really a home is such an important it's such an important investment, and I remember um, when I bought houses, my dad would come over and, you know, help me with staining and help me with doing things, and um, and I know a lot of parents do help their kids with with some of that, but so many people in retirement are working now. They're, right. They're not really home and available to do a lot of that. Well, and one thing I think about the younger generation that's really great is that they are very good about tackling things. If they can find like a YouTube video that tells them how to, you know, redo their flooring. You know, that's one of the great resources that we do have now that we didn't have 20 years ago. You couldn't, you know, you had to go to the library and get a book. And, you know, and like now you can just look up a YouTube video on, you know, how to rip out your sink and put in a new one and you can do it yourself, you know, and giving them some confidence with that too, saying, you know what, you guys can do this, a lot of this stuff. My guest today is Christy Weber, and we have been talking about first-time home buyers, but really buyers. I mean, people who are considering selling their houses for a variety of different reasons, and how to really, I think, emotionally be prepared for where the market is today. Because as you said, I, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that I might have to write eight contracts and fall in love with eight houses. <laughs> I know, it's so painful. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's like any it's like anything else, you know, there's the ups and downs of the markets and it's so nice to own your home. It's so nice to right. have that opportunity. And jumping into that, you know, I think you kind of have to look at it like a stream. You know, when you're not a homeowner, you're not in that stream and you're not building that equity. And there's no right time or bad time to jump in that stream and start to move along and grow your equity, right? Even if home prices are a little bit higher, even if your rate is a little bit higher, you, you're you marrying your house and you're dating your rate, right? You can change that rate. And there's a lot of lenders right now that are even offering refinances if you, you know, use them as your lender. So it that rate is not 
something that you're going to be stuck with forever. And getting in that income stream so that you can start to grow your equity, that's the most important thing is just jumping in and doing it. Getting getting it. Just making that decision to take a little bit of risk. And I think that's the thing that so many people are concerned about. Um, the cost of living is up mm-hmm. and interest rates are rising. And, you know, but there's but always, and when you look at where they are today, I remember my mother and dad having 18 and 24% yes, mortgage, too. you know, interest rates. So we are still in a pretty good place. My guest again, my guest again is Christy Weber, and she is on the Klasky Realty team, which is a Keller Williams um company right out here in Lake Country. And with that, we will be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the Senior Wealth Advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group, and today we're talking about real estate and owning your own home or perhaps selling your home. And so in this segment, I'd really like to talk a little bit more about selling the home because I I know I come up against a couple things, and I have downsized actually twice. It took me twice to downsize and get rid of a lot of things, and it's so overwhelming to think that many people lived in their home for a very long time, and they have so much stuff. And it's it's hard to comprehend as to how you're going to whittle things down. But I know for me, one of the things that I found out was that once I took all my personal things off the walls and out of the house, and pack them away, the things that I wanted, but the pictures and some of the really personal things, the house just became a house again. It stopped being a home. It started to become a house. And once my house turned into a house, I was able to make the decision to sell it. But I know everybody is a little bit different. So, um, Chrissy, what what do you see? Um, and Chrissy's one of the two teammates between Christy and Chrissy. What are What are the things that people are talking about and asking you in terms of thinking about selling their house and putting it up on the market? They really want to know what they should do to get their house ready. Um, and that has changed a lot over the past couple of years because, you know, some people will think they want to go and change everything. Like I should redo the kitchen cabinets and I should do the flooring or take the carpet out or, you know, painting. And some of those things are the easy things that you're not going to get as much of return on investments. Um, and like paint is one of the easy things. If you have very bold colors, yes, I would just make it more neutral, but um, that's something a buyer can easily come in and do too. Um, the other thing is they want to know um, like changing light fixtures, things like that. And so when you're partnering with a good listing agent, they walk through the property and show you what would be good and what would, what you could maybe say, you know, we can, you, you shouldn't have to do that. Um, that, you know, that's it's something traditional that would kind of fit any buyer's needs. Um, the kitchens and bathrooms are your biggest um, return on investment still. Those always have been because um, those are the kitchens are the heart of the home. So that's um, another thing. And sometimes it's simple as just adding hardware or changing your painting your cabinets um, and, you know, making sure it looks professional and things like that. What about the idea of um, just taking a lot of things out and making the house very open. Uh, I know that uh, I've worked with several um, of my family members and they've put homes up for sale. And it's like, get the rugs off the floor, you know, all the rugs and things that make it so comfortable and that we love. Um, And it's fun to have all that stuff, but what about the 
paring down yep. and, and Do making the house a little bit more, um, what would you say, viewable? You know, yeah. In De the sense of yourself. Yeah, you want to declutter so it doesn't look like it's your house. You want the people coming in to picture their things there. So if you have a lot of clutter, try to just downsize all that. Either put it in boxes in a garage or in the basement or in storage. Um, some people have gotten storage units and pretty much put almost their whole house in there and <laughs> live very basic um, while their house is listed. It sounds like people, when they go through the home, if they're not going to be having inspections and all that, they really need to see the house. I mean, what are the things that you're hearing as well, Christy, from people who are asking you to list their houses? Um, you know, they also have a lot of questions about, like, how long is this process going to take, you know? Um, and, and that does vary. It depends on how much prep time that individual seller needs. Like, is, is this a situation where I am going to have to go get a storage unit and move all my things? Or is, is this, this person is very minimalistic and really is pretty much ready to go? The first big major step after you sign a listing contract is usually pictures. And that's something that takes normally a couple days to schedule out. And then, you know, it's normally a multi-hour kind of affair. And that's really where we say get your home kind of pretend that you're throwing a big fancy party for your boss's boss's boss and you know you prepare your home as though you were going to do that and everybody was going to be coming in and seeing it and you know then we you know you get those pictures done it takes a little bit of time to get them back and then putting it online really is very quick and easy so it could be a process where if you say okay I'm ready to list my house you might be able to get it on the market within a couple days some some sellers start to freak out when you tell them that and they're like, oh, no, I need, you know, I, I need a couple weeks. And that's fine, too. You know, it really can move at the pace that the, that seller is most comfortable at. And what should that seller be thinking about um, in terms of the worry about how how much should I be setting my price at? Mm. And um the, the type of buyer that they're that they're really looking to attract. I mean, how important is that? That is the most eminent important thing right now is pricing. Um, in this fluctuating market, it it's been so tough as a as a realtor to know where to where to price that home. But what we do is we go and we look, okay, what has sold? You know, and we used to be able to look at like a year out. Okay, what's sold in the last year? And let's look at the, can't even do that anymore. You really have to look at what has sold in the past like month or two near you because the price you know the price points have fluctuated that much that we really have to look at the freshest data and not be comparing your house to a, whole, a house that sold in the summer of 2021 that's that's no longer a comp for you that the market is completely different so we're looking at homes that have sold very recently near you that are comparable to yours and then my advice for if like this was my mother if this was my sister or my friend I would always say price a little under what you want to get because buyers, I know from walking around with buyers, they're automatically adding that ten to 15000 in their head to any home they see because they're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to have to go over to get it. So, so if you price it under, you're actually pricing it more where that buyer needs to see it so that they can imagine that, that little bit over that they want to that they want to go and still find it affordable. If a buyer can only go up to 300000 they see a house that's listed at 300000 they're kind of throwing up their hands like, well, I'm not going to be able to get it because I can't go over. And so pricing your home slightly under where you think the market value is is really opening your buyer pool to more people who might 
be willing to write that offer a little bit over and you end up getting what you want instead of kind of languishing on the market and not you know having that buyer in the first couple weeks and then buyers start to wonder was there something wrong with the house or you know that's a situation you don't want to be in so that's always my advice to sellers right now is to to price it attractively so that you're going to be opening yourself to the most amount of buyers so often well i've heard in the past that people are saying i'm going to let people see the house for 10 days and on saturday the 21st i'm going to pick one of the offers and that is, is that definitely <laughs> well it was when things were the hottest they could be i mean that i felt like almost every listing i saw was like that like okay we're going to be reviewing offers on monday and as the market has changed and cooled and there are still some price points that are extremely hot but as the market has in general cooled i've seen listing agents come in and say that and then i check back on tuesday and wednesday and oh that house is still live you know they didn't they didn't get an offer in my opinion i i don't think that that's i mean back in the days when people were getting 46 offers or whatever it is i just feel like you know you just say you know we're going to look at offers as they come in and you can accept an offer at any time so you don't really need to put that deadline out there you know it's it's just you know if you get a good offer and the seller is happy with it you can go ahead and accept it and close you know and then they don't have to deal with more showings but you don't necessarily need to put an end date on it what are some of the the specific things that a buyer a seller can actually make a property to be a little bit more attractive. Is there anything that that they can do that will entice people to really look at their place? Sure, I think as as again, like we said before, getting as much stuff out as you can. I think some furniture in that is still nice because it helps people gauge the space a little bit, but depersonalizing your home. Buyers have a really hard time going into a home with other people's kids on the wall and books they don't read and they have a hard time seeing past that and I know that it's it's not super fun to live in a really cold house while you're in that selling process you feel like oh but I want to look at all my things it will sell quicker if you depersonalize your house and allow that buyer to see more of a blank slate let them visually in their mind hang their pictures on the wall and put their bed in that space and you know it's just easier for them the cleaner it is um and to clean your house you know people want they don't want you know hair in the tub and you know give your house a really good scrub and you know that again will just let people feel like it's more like they're seeing like a hotel then they're they're able to envision it as being their space Chrissy talked a little bit about painting and things like that how does a how do you help a client understand if it really does make sense to paint it or maybe to say I'm going to give an allowance for new carpet or I'm going to do something like that and I, I myself when I was selling a home not recently I thought well I'm just going to re-carpet everything because that'll be nicer and I couldn't believe how expensive the carpet was to replace it and I thought I'd rather give $15,000 yeah. to someone to put their color in or what they want rather than me doing it and someone ripping it out. And what we can look at again is going back to looking at those comps and really running the numbers to see if it makes good fiscal sense. So, you know, we can say, okay, this house sold recently near you and it it was completely looked straight out of 1990, you know, was not updated at all. And this is what they got for it. And look at this house over here that has been completely updated and also sold near you recently. And this is what they got. Let's say that that difference is $20,000. So then you can start to break that down and say, okay, you know, if you made this $15,000 investment, you may get 
20000 more for your home. If the timeline, we've had a huge contractor problem. I mean, tr- go try to get a contractor to come in and do work on your house. They're six months out. Yes. And so. Or roofing. Or if roofers or anything. Roof, if you know yeah. you need a new roof, um, do you build that into the contract and literally, I know it needs a new roof and we're going to add this much on for a new roof? Or? Absolutely. I think, you know, doing a seller credit mm-hmm. and, you know, saying, you know, kind of acknowledging, hey, I know the carpet's really old, but. You know, we're we're gonna offer ten thousand dollars at closing for as a you know a credit for you to get new carpet. Or that's very attractive to buyers. You know, the buyer that has goes through and is like, oh, I don't, especially at that lower income, that lower price point, that first time home buyer that is cash poor doesn't have that to invest in the home to know, okay, I can walk away with this amount of money and make those choices about what what can I really not live with for the next couple of years and what can I live with? I'm going to take that money and invest it, you know, the way I want to in my new home. I think doing that as a seller is a really smart move. My guest today is Christy Weber, and if you would like to contact her, you can do that at 262-370-1741, or you can go to christy.weber.com. At, um, actually, it's christy.weber at kw.com. At, That's oh, my yeah. email address, yes. <laughs> I need more glasses. Oh, no worries. But anyways, that's great. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker. I'm the Senior Wealth Advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group and the founder of EIG. Today we're talking about your home buyers and we're talking about people buying and selling houses and those are always such stressful things in life to try and figure out when to do it, what's the right time. So I don't know, uh, my guest today is Christy Weber and she is a realtor and she is with um, the team and that's the Chrissy Classy team, and they both have been joining in on the conversation to help us to better understand as we go into this next season, you know, what are the things we should be thinking about and, and looking at. And I guess one of my first questions would be, is this a good time to be selling your house? Is it better in the spring? You know, we always sort of think about that, but it just seems like people are buying and selling like crazy now, and it's not dependent around school terms or mm-hmm. school situations. It's more just finding the house that you want. Right. I think um, we historically always see a very quiet time between Thanksgiving and the first of the year. Um, people are just busy with other things. I think if I was talking to somebody who was planning on listing their home, they didn't have um, an immediate reason that they were up against that they absolutely needed to sell right now. I would suggest that they that they wait until after the first of the year. I don't think you have to wait all the way till spring. I think the market historically has picked right up after the first of the year. And so I think that, you know, they definitely could could wait until then. But any time is a good time to sell. There are always buyers that need to buy a home and there's always reasons that sellers absolutely need to make a move right now. There's people buying moving and transferring and yeah and life and changes and that that changes. just happen and you know sometimes it happens between Thanksgiving and Chris and Christmas I think people historically have tried to avoid yes. moving during that time we're in Wisconsin it's a it's a you know the weather doesn't usually cooperate during that time yes. but it, it, it's never a bad time to sell there's always you know two sides of every coin you know and how long is the sale taking about now about well, if it's um, if it's not cash, it's still about thirty days. Mm-hmm. Um, cash, you know, you can do it in about two weeks, depending on the title company you're with. But 
um, you know, historic, you know, most people are coming in needing a lender. Or, you know, we're also seeing so many, so many more of those post-occupancy situations because people are having to sell and then having that little time that they need. To, so sometimes it can be a little bit longer. And I think that um, buyers definitely need to know that that might be the case. You might be having 30 days in your head. Well, that seller may need that extra time to find an you know, to find housing and to kind of be ready that it could be, you know, 45, 60 days even. In the very first segment that we did, you talked about one of the most important things was educating your clients yes. and helping them to really make good good decisions on, on selling or buying their homes. And I know you've got a seminar coming up in January. Yes, we do. And we kind of timed this um when we anticipate the market picking back up again, right? Which is, um, we have a home buyers workshop on January 10th um, of 2023 at 6 p.m. Um, the location we are most likely going to have it at our Heartland office, which is 200 East Capital in Heartland. Um, but we also are just because of the weather and everything else that in Wisconsin is always up in the air, we might also be making this um, like a Zoom online availability as well. And we'll, you know, we're just going to be there covering kind of the same kind of topics you and I talked about today, but also just being there for any other you know questions people may have. You know, buying and selling, as you brought up, is stressful. It's it's always stressful, even when it's for happy good reasons. It's very stressful, and it's really important to partner with somebody that you know can get you through a transaction and somebody that you can walk through something that is stressful with that is always going to you know be there and be helpful and just be a phone call away and I think also in the very beginning of the segment you said it's important for people just to kind of have summarize it that they should go to their bank or their mortgage lender yes that's and get an idea of what they can afford to pay what those payments are going to look like and get um, an approval yes absolutely a lot of people um, forget that that's really you know reaching out to me or another realtor is a great first step but most likely I'm going to turn around and say let's connect you to a trusted local lender or a trusted lender that can really inform you about what what your buying power is um, that's just something that isn't that's not part of my job but partnering with somebody like that and you really don't want things to be loosey-goosey or seeing homes that then oh I really can't afford this house you want all that information up front and a lender can do that for you it's not going to you know adverse you know adversely affect your credit it's going to just give you more information and the more information is what's going to make this stressful you know big transaction much more comfortable and smooth for you and I think the other thing you mentioned was to have a really good idea of what's important to you. So if mm -hmm. it's having an upstairs laundry room, if it's having, you know, a fireplace or three bedrooms right. or two bathrooms, to really have that in your head. And these would be the extra things I'd like to get. Right. And, and to chisel and to chisel the have-to-haves down to a manageable amount. We can't have 20 have-to-haves, right? Yeah. Like we need to have like a handful of have-to-haves and then be open to those other things because like I said in the beginning, no home, it's very, very rare, you're gonna walk in and say, this ticks every single one of my boxes. You're gonna have to be prepared to say, okay, those, some of those peripheral items I'd really like to have, you know, this might not be a perfect fit, but I can make this work. And just really kind of being, you know, open. What could you just, we only have a, a less than a minute. Can sure. you give the um, phone numbers out, how someone can reach you in the event that they would like to attend your seminar? Sure. You can call me at 262-370-1741, or you can um, email me at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y dot Weber, W-E-B-E-R, at kw.com. And again, my phone number is 262 
3701741 and I can take a call or a text. That sounds wonderful. Well, I know that um, this is the holiday season, and I'm seeing all these commercials on TV where they're in little boxes. They've got car keys. Yes. <laughs> Here's your Christmas present. A house would be a great Christmas yes, present. Yes, let's get it? into a house for Christmas. <laughs> and just being able to know that what's ahead for the future. I mean, people really do like to plan, and there are so many reasons that people are buying and selling houses. It's true. Yes. And I always say, people say, well, what's the best time of the year for you in your business? Well, Money is changing hands all the time. It never stops. You know, people that retire and people that pass away and loved ones. Life is always going on. It doesn't. Life is always moving. So being prepared. And I think one of the things that I've told my clients is start to, um, if you know that that you're not going to stay in your house forever, which most of us will not, it's like starting to give things away, starting to go through things. Because one of the things happens is if something happens to you, when something happens to you, I don't want to leave my kids with that job of having to go through everything. So having this idea and and starting to declutter and starting to think about um, what's important, what you want to keep, what you want to give away is really a great thing to think about for the first of the year. My guest today is Christy Weber, and her phone number is 262-370-1741. And Chrissy Klasky, it's the Klasky Realty Team. So thank you both for joining me. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Remember, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.